Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera, and I am flanked. I've got producer Corey on one side and our special guest. His name is Brian. He's colloquially known as Brian versus the books, Brian versus the public Wi-Fi, contributor to JD and Goldboy's Discord. He also writes for Odds Jam, DeAndre, Aiton, Stan, PPD King. Brian, it's nice to have you on here. How you doing? It's a good intro. It's a good intro. Uh, I used to have DeAndre in my Twitter banner profile thing, and then I uh, post post Suns getting demolished game seven. I had to move off it for a little bit. Yeah, so it's good to know that you're a front runner, but um, it is what it is, I guess. That's uh, fair. <laughs> but uh, look, I know we're looking at the NBA Finals. We got Game Six coming up uh, in, I guess, tomorrow, uh, since this will come out on Wednesday. Um, what do oh, you? That's gonna, you... that's gonna screw with my mind. Oh, man. <laughs> so it's all right. I'm gonna we'll... talk about things that could happen on Wednesday, so people think that things already happened in my day. Yeah, so you just have to say today or like yeah. already, you know. Um, but this is like a behind the curtain thing for the listeners. If you heard this, just pretend like you forgot. So that way it just seems like what time does it come out tomorrow? What time uh, does it come out tomorrow? Realistically, it'll probably come out at like 10 30 PM tonight. All right. So, uh, okay. In my head, I'm eating breakfast right now. I'm having okay. a cup of coffee. This is a live show in my head. All right. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Look, we, can, we can't all do live shows at 10 o'clock. Like we have real jobs, Brian. Can you, can you <laughs> believe that Logan Webb had nine strikes? Outs and the Giants won uh seven three. That's that's fucking great. I love it. You yeah, love to see can it. You believe that? Nothing can like a web that? of lies to start off your yeah, day. Yeah, that um, was a crazy cash for that PPD. Yeah, <laughs> you can't beat that. So look, the we got the NBA finals, obviously. And like I said, like you know, we've been we've been doing pretty well. You've been you've been really limiting your volume here. But um, do you have any thoughts? Like, are the Warriors going to close this out here, or or what do you think? Did the Suns come in fourth, or like, or sixth? I guess, or did they come in fifth? I think that's how this works. I don't even know how that works. Uh, maybe fifth. I don't even. Who knows? Uh, it's actually funny because when you call, when you called me earlier to if you want to be on the show, I tried to watch Game Six like a rewind before we did this show so I can act smart and I got lazy and watched three and a half minutes of it and then I ate a sandwich so I'm pretty prepared for this show um, can you not eat and watch a game at the same time <laughs> uh, I could have but how violently do you eat dude I actually I actually prefer to eat and uh watch like tv I actually prefer like I get really into it I don't know what it is like sometimes if I'm eating and I'm not watching something by myself I like I get my own thoughts creep in and it gets really gets really annoying really fast. At least uh, at least it keeps you busy, you know. I mean, like it is what it is. So, yeah. <laughs> but look, so I I think one of the things that I'm curious to see in this in this finals game anyway is obviously like are we going to have a game 7? Is this going to go back to the bay and can, you know, are, can the Warriors really win a third straight? Like somebody uh actually Dom made a comparison. Uh he was he was part of the odds cast before and we've had him on this show uh he compared the celtics to the oklahoma city thunder uh with like durant westbrook and james harden kind of combo like it's like they're really good but maybe it's just a little too soon do you do you kind of feel that way or what do you, what do you think here so as a as a phillies fan i can't root for the celtics but like uh, but overall watching the series uh it's really gonna depend and this sounds so stupid. Like I said, I watched three and a half minutes of the game today, so I'm pretty well versed in the uh, the finals. 
So I think like game six is really going to be like, I feel like you've seen two sides of the Celtics in every single game. Cause even in game five, they came out kind of flat. I mean, what was it? 20, 28, four. Yeah. 28, no, 24, eight. It was a Kobe numbers. I saw like a thing about that. Like, they oh, came, yeah. out, Tatum. They came out so flat. And then at half, it was kind of, everyone was taking the uh, Warriors live, like Warriors third quarter. They always come out and they're going to like, destroy their prey and then all of a sudden the Celtics came out on that crazy run and yeah. I was watching that game and in my head my first thought was oh holy shit the Celtics gonna win this game like they that's how it's playing felt. they were playing so efficient uh they cut down the turnovers greatly in that they were charging their rim they were just doing everything right in their in their defensive rotations and I was like oh they're gonna win that's crazy and then just like that fourth quarter came turnovers uh, they did not rotate well on offense or defense, and then they acted like they didn't know it was happening when they, you know, got met double teams at the top of the key or anything like that. Like anytime they didn't have space, they acted like they didn't know how to create their own space. And yeah, I felt like they regressed like into that ISO ball, like where they're just trying to play hero ball with like Tatum and Brown when it was like, what the fuck happened? Like you weren't doing this in the third quarter. It was amazing. So it's, it's bizarre. Um, And I wonder, you know, like in a game six, like where it's like, there is like a ton of pressure. Are they just going to regress? Like, are we going to see that the team that was there before, you know, like January 1st of this year, because they weren't good. They were below 500. So like, I'm definitely curious for that. And something I want to watch for, Um, but two bets that I'm eyeing and I've already put in actually are under 211 for the game as a whole. But and then also Marcus Smart over 15 and a half points. Now he's played in six. This will be his uh, seventh game after or no. Yeah. Seventh game after a loss for, for Boston. Uh, and he scored 18 plus in all of them, like in the games that he's yeah. played. Just a couple due to injury. So I kind of like that spot. Um, and I just figure he's going to play max minutes in an elimination game. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Or do you have any props that maybe you're eyeing for? game so six. i i i like that but i per- personally cannot bet on marcus smart because there's three to four people in this league that i don't ban players or anything like that but there's just a few people that just seem to hate me with a passion okay and, so don't do this uh, to me <laughs> like so for me it's like marcus smart just hates me i don't know what it is whether i'm on his over or under i just it's just not – it's not my uh, cup of tea. But he he's another guy where I always kind of said this because um, obviously the Boston Celtics, I think they have three of the top five or six players in this finals with like yeah. they have Tatum, obviously, Dan Brown, Grant Williams. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then I guess Clay is fourth. I mean, if you put Curry in that conversation – but yeah. I would probably take Grant Williams over Steph Curry at this current point I mean, in their careers. The dude is a monster. Have you seen him yeah, flop? I mean, it's crazy. Um, dude, he waddles. He waddles, <laughs> dude. Grant Williams yeah. waddles like a penguin, and it's hilarious. He's he's um, awesome. He's but, hilarious. Um, it's actually funny. Game five, there's players I don't like because like I not only I don't like Marcus Smart, but he always seems to let me down. But yeah. then there's players like Grant Williams that are like a meme between me, you, and like Burman and stuff, and like all that good <laughs> stuff. That I have my projections I post in JD's Discord with the Go Boys. I always post my model based projections every day. Game five, I went five and one. The only yeah. thing that missed was Grant Williams' points. 
And I was like, ah, classic Grant. Like, this he's sucks. Fine. Yeah, it's like, all right. He, we love you still. He, but, he still uh, yeah. shot 50%. But yeah. Um, actually, that, that actually brings me to a good point, though, where when you said like the meat, like kind of like a meme, it's game six clay. It is game six clay. His and points line is clay 20 got, and a half. Fake, fake clay got banned, too. Yeah. You saw that. You I saw, saw fake that. clay. So like, I don't know what to do with it. Like 20 and a half is a preposterous line for him. So, so we're bringing this back because that's what I was thinking, which is funny because I, I bought really high on Steph Curry uh, the other night. Yeah, we took, we took that under. To, to, to the under, it was 30 and a half. So, so my thing is it's funny that with Clay's numbers going up to 20 and a half, Steph Curry is down to 28 and a half. Yeah. And that's crazy. He's like really moved a lot. So that's why I'm like, I don't know like what I'm not really sure what to do. I think the 20 and a half is just too many, but at the same time, I'm a little nervous. Cause it's just like the whole narrative. The thing is just like game six clay, but it's like, okay, we know it's going to be public. We know people are going to yeah. bet it. Like, do we just take the under like, tw- like 20 points is still a good game for him. And he, and like, he would still go under. Oh Yeah. And what did Clay have five threes? Did he score 20 or 21? Do you know? Uh, I'm not sure. In, in like his last, uh, in his last, last game, game six, God, last no, game, game five. I, think I, mean, game five. I think he scored. Um, I'll check now, but uh, I think he scored 15 points. He was, I know, I think he got to the line. Oh, no, he scored 21. He scored 21. 21 okay, so that's what I'm saying. They had that right there. Yeah, 21. So he – yeah, so he's gone 21, 18, and 25 his last three. And that was after I put out that article that was like take his over because they moved it down to 16 and a half for the series. And I was like, this is a preposterous line. So yeah. now we're like looking at this and I'm like, all right, but 21 and a half – 20 and a half is like a lot. So especially – I think this line might get some be something that maybe gets bet up a little bit. Um, yeah. If you can get 21 and a half, like you, I think you just have to take the under. Um, and like, if anything, you could take over, if you want to back him, I would just take over threes more so than like over on his anything points. Else. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the way sense. you play clay if you want to. And it's funny you mentioned, so we're just kind of jumping around, but, but like this all connects. Yeah. I swear if you're listening, uh, it's funny you mention it because I have cut my volume down a lot in MLB just because it's starting out and in, NBA and the NBA is really it comes out to just like lines get sharper this and that so it's funny that half the times people DM me or they ask me questions and they ask me what are your thoughts on this or what are your thoughts on that like if someone comes out to me and says are you gonna run back Steph Curry under at 28 and a half I'd probably say no I'd probably just say I'm not touching it either way yeah. and that's what's so crazy to me or so funny to me is that with lines getting sharper um that's just like they're they're correct like I think Steph Curry at 20 and a half i'm not touching it either way no. just just like just not for me it, it, if you want to fade them that's great it's a high line still it's just yeah, real sharp it's really sharp. It's sharp yeah and like that's why you see me having one two bets a day and i mean like per game in this because that's really what it comes down to where i faded Seth. i'm actually happy i faded Seth last game because i was expecting to be sweating through my shirts and then I was really happy, which is funny. And that's um, when you mentioned, will Boston come back and win? 
like, like I said, it all connects. It all comes with the gameplay. I rewatched that game. I lied. I watched more than three and a half minutes. But, like, I think I was texting you during the game. Probably. That I was worried because I took his over and assist, and I took his under and points last game. Yeah. And I was worried about the assist because after watching that first quarter, yeah, he had a dime and he had four points. So, like, the points look good for the under, 30, 33, uh, 30 and a half, whatever it was. But I was sincerely worried he was going to get any assist, not because, you know, oh, he's getting hot, he's going to shoot. He didn't play. No, like, he, he, like, played like shit, honestly. Like, not he, like, even had that. a bad he game. the ball. Yeah. Like, they purposely – and, like, this is why I don't like the Steph Curry hate because everything's – the narrative right now is that Steph Curry played like shit and they still won by 10. But if you watch that first half, he didn't shoot the ball. I think I think he shot once in the no. first six minutes. Of the- he, and- I mean, really, if you look at it, like he just he j- literally just was zero for nine from three. Like the rest yeah. of his shot volume was fine. He just didn't make any threes. Like nor- if he makes three of nine, he's at twenty five points. Yeah. Oh so yeah. Like, and then- the rest of his game was fine. Yeah. So you know? that's what's funny is that. I was the reason I bring that up is because that's a, a reason I kind of like Steph Curry. I'm not a Steph Curry fanboy, but I don't get the hate for him. But why, if, like, if you get a chance, or I'll probably break it down, if you watch that first quarter, just say the first quarter, he does not touch the ball. And it's, no. it's mind numbing because Marcus Smart, he plays face to face back to the defense on Steph Curry. And Steph Curry is rotating, but he's staying 40 feet outside of the play and yeah. it's turning it into a 4v4 on, you know, a high pick and roll for Draymond Green. Exactly. And, and Clay is manipulating that, and they're getting Wiggins open looks. And that's the reason I kind of like Steph Curry is because they dominated that first his, quarter. And his Curry legitimately, crazy. Yeah, legit, all Curry did was take smart 40 feet from the rim, and yeah. it worked. Like and, and like that's like it's it's tough for a superstar to score four points on like three shots playing twelve minutes, but being okay being up ten, you know yeah. it just and and, and this is this is what I thought Boston would do, and I thought it would work better, yeah, because of the guys on Golden State. But then it's like, but then what we were seeing, and I wrote about this even, and I was like. Boston seems content to just play drop, and then they switched, like they just stopped doing that. And I think that's why you have this. Like, you oh, have yeah. this situation where it's like, okay, like, you stop Curry. But, like, if he shot even remotely close to average from three, he has 25 points. You didn't stop him. And you got shredded by everybody else. Oh, yeah. So, I'm, I, I feel like they're going to – they might go back the other way and just say, like, all right, like, beat us. Like, beat us if you can beat us, you know? But, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch because I thought they played – I thought Steph did a great job drawing away, but I don't know if Boston's going to let that happen again because, I mean, Andrew Wiggins showed what he can do with space. That's and that's insane. what it's like. It's not even like just, I'm not like, this is not a shot at Wiggins, like, because he's very talented. But a lot of that game, he was just in one on one coverages with like lesser defenders. Yeah. And he's going to manipulate that matchup 100% of the time. Yeah. I mean, he's 100% of the time. Yeah. And, he- like you watch these games and they have these high these high screens and you get these like if you there's some beautiful plays in that game five by the uh, Warriors where the way they rotate and legitimately the only thing that 
Boston didn't cover was the skip pass to Draymond for three. Like yeah. that was that was the only thing. Why would home. you? Yeah, like, why would you? But it was like I don't think Boston defended it horribly. No. But at the same time, I think they were just outclassed. Like it was just one of those things where the movement and the rotation by the Warriors just destroyed the Boston defense. And I don't think like if I were to go back, I don't think when I when I rewatched the game in a more you know private like you know secondary setting, there was very few times on these rotations where I thought, holy shit. Boston messed that up. Yeah. So they they kind of were right there with them. They just – they were sincerely outclassed. Right? I mean, they like, turned the ball over 18 times. Like, you, you're you, – you they lost the turnover battle by 12. So, I yeah. mean, like, that's that's hard to win. Like, they, they out-rebounded the Warriors by eight. But, like, you set up – you turned the ball over 18 times. Like, the, the Warriors are going to score 30 points on turnovers at least. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's like it, they set themselves up for failure there. And I mean, like that's that goes into like what you t- what you talked about before and what you touched on was just like their offense just degraded. So if that's going to happen, like I don't think they have any chance in game six, like if they're going to play like that. But I mean, like, I guess that's kind of an obvious statement, but um, they got to tighten shit up, you know, and like really come to play. Uh but do you have any more thoughts on the finals before I start picking your brain on baseball? Because I know we're we're getting to that season now. It's a, it's getting warm. It's getting sweaty. So it's baseball. Uh, I do not. I, I think that was like most of my finals thing. And like my biggest thing with the finals is that I'm probably not. I don't usually bet sides. I'm mostly a yeah you know prop guy anyway. But I just could not see myself convincing convincing me on tomorrow. Oh, it comes out yeah Wednesday because tomorrow for the finals I just. Even if I had to do the whole like salesman sell me this pen thing, yeah. I just could not see myself buying either side of like the the, the three and a half or whatever. Was it three even spread? Yeah, I just, or I think it's three and a half now. Three and a half. Yeah, yeah. three and a half, four, mostly yeah, four. So like, and like that's my thing. Like I don't know if I could see myself taking either either of these spreads for this game just because. It's it's funny to quote unquote be an analysis kind of guy in this space and saying stupid shit like, well, if Boston comes out flat, I don't think they're gonna win. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, like, like course. it's a given, but you know, it's but, but like it's just it's true. Solid. I just don't know when you come, especially you mentioned like the OKC uh, analysis, like the uh, the uh, comparison. They're just such a young team where I don't want to figure out which side I'm gonna see. Yeah, like maybe there's a live bet opportunity, but I, I'm probably staying I mean, they scored away 16 from... points. They scored 16 points in the first quarter last game. Yeah, like, like that's just ugly. You're not going to beat the Warriors. 35 in the third. So... Yeah, you're not going to beat the Warriors spotting them an early lead. No, it's just not. They, they know what to do. They know how to play, like control the clock and control the tempo. So it's definitely a brutal situation. But so I, this is actually what I, what I was really curious to talk to you about. Um I know you mentioned you don't normally play sides, but for baseball, I know you're, you're a great baseball capper. One of the things I noticed you started doing was these like modified PPDs, right? So you're obviously taking a side with that. And these things are and like, and you're usually taking a pitcher strikeout total, right? These things are obviously correlated. And I'd like to talk number one about what correlation actually is. Um, because I think that there's some confusion like in the market with like what that means. And then also like, what's your like thought process on like how you're doing this? Yeah. I mean, so 
it's funny that I mentioned that you should take sides and you came right at me with stats that back that I'm full of shit. No, uh, so it's funny you mentioned uh, that you use the word good or whatever you used for when it comes to capping and or betting baseball. Yeah. Because this is my first full season of betting the sport. I actually only started halfway through the last season. So, and that really just came out of boredom. And I do have my own player prop model that I, I, I weight certain stats, minutes, rotations, stuff like that for NBA. And I actually found a lot of success the second half of last year simply by modeling, you know, because baseball is like a nerd paradise. Yeah, it's I mean, super nerd. You're, you're talking whiff rate. You're talking, you know, swinging strike rate, call strike rate you know, umpire, like, stats that they have now. Like, it's just, like, there's so much to it that I found that strikeout props was something I really was successful with. And I, I went on, like, a crazy run last year. It yeah. was just funny that I only had, like, 50 to a few hundred followers at the time where probably no one remembers it. But it was just one of those things where uh, when you can, you know, there's so much factors in trying to cap baseball. I mean, a, a basketball game or a football game. But when you're talking strikeouts, it is literally like, hey, this guy's throwing the ball. He gets to face these nine guys and f- figure out what happens. Like, it's very cut and – not cut and dry, obviously. There's a lot of momentum and, like, a lot of inner workings. But for the end for, – for, there's really – there's no game plan. Yeah. You want to score runs and you have to beat the guy on the mound. So that's what it came out of. And this year, to start off, I was really high. I started off 9-0 in just straights. Not to brag. Yeah, not, well, no, because I kind lost, of on, lost yeah. on a weekend at a at a really sketchy club. Uh, no, so I I like had a week or two where I struggled, and I just like I didn't I never went negative. I never broke even. I was always positive in the sport this year. But what happened was I had like a little bit of a dip, you know, the ups and flows. Yeah, and I was just kind of realizing like, okay, I'm taking all these guys. Like, because I obviously I log it all and it's like, okay, this guy missed by this, this guy missed by that. And I just kind of found that the only sport I could take a side with, and I did it last season as well, is I would occasionally do player performance doubles where I would pair the, you know, pitcher strikeouts with the win. But this season in particular, everybody was struggling with MLB. Like, a lot of the best people that I know in MLB all were struggling. Yeah. Yeah, it's been tough for a lot of people. And I basically went hardcore just like flip the switch started to run these player performance doubles where I would take the all under, I mean the all over. And basically I would try to like, I can't even get into it too much, but I'll try to find what the correlation would be. Cause it's not always about the strikeouts. There no. are some PPDs I've taken two in a win where the guy is clearly not a strikeout guy, but there is definitely correlation with if you're pitching a good enough game or you're pitching well enough, strikeouts are usually an indicator not because you don't have to be garrett cole out there which is volume yeah but if you're out there for six innings exactly yeah so and i i in uh, we actually just talked had a conversation about that earlier this week i believe yeah i have not missed one yet where i have not missed a play where they have where one hit has one has it that makes sense like i've only i've only missed on the strikeout and the money line or like vice versa, I haven't really said taking four and a win and the guy gets nine strikeouts and loses and, and I sit myself and I'm like, oh, I should have just taken the, the strikeout line. Yeah. So that's really what it's come down to is I find that 
you know, there's no hooks in strikeout props. Everyone always says like, oh, I got hooked. I had five, but I needed five. I need over five and a half. That doesn't really exist in my thinking. Um, so I, they're just like the point five is the prop. You know, yeah, like, I like hate. I hate the hook thing. Like I, I, like I don't know. Like it's just like my soapbox. I'm just like, you didn't get hooked. You just lost. Like you didn't. It just wasn't right. Like whatever. Yeah, and you there's picked. a difference. There's a difference between having Steph Curry 20 and a half and he scores 28, and it's like, damn, I got hooked. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. But if you have if you have a three and a half strikeout prop and the guy gets three, and he goes five innings, you didn't get hooked. You just lost. Like. That's like that's like Robert Williams, like over over like one block, like a half a block. Like it's like, oh, I got hooked. He just said none. <laughs> it just sounds yeah, ridiculous. Like, like that's just not how just, it works. Yeah, and like that's really what it comes down to is that it's just you know you get a certain amount of players that you're going to face in the game as a pitcher. How many are you going to strike out? And it's just like the the jumps are way different like it's not a shot in basketball where you can find one on a fast break it is legitimately you're going to face say 23 batters yeah the difference between you know like if you strike out five out of 23 okay you struck out 22 percent but to get six out of 23 batters you're talking 26 percent and that three percent jump is a lot higher than people could ever realize yeah And, and i think that's something that people don't talk about enough like it's like with like with basketball, it's like if your score, if your points line is at like Curry, say like 28 or 29 and a half, that's like a, that's, it's not, it's, ne- it's more negligible than anything in terms of like that point differential. Like it matters, sure, but um, it's much less significant than like if somebody's strikeout line is three and a half and then you drop them to two and a half or something, like you're dropping off a whole third rather than, you know, like maybe, I don't know, like 3% of a line. Yeah, and I guess so. Let me just field research. What's the next game on? Uh, Tyler Mount and the Cincinnati Reds. His over under and strikeouts for this game six and a half. The over is six is six point five, but it's plus one fourteen. Yeah. But if you want to get if you want to get six plus on Fanduel, it's minus one ninety. So that's what it comes down to. Like that's that's not a hook because if I were to take Steph Curry thirty points. Instead of over 20 and a half, you're talking minus 110 or like minus 130. Yeah. To say, to say plus 115 or damn near minus 200, there's no longer a hook there. That is a whole new prop. That is a, a whole, whole different angle. Prop. Yeah. And I, I think it's important. Line. I think it's important too, because it's like, you're just, you're just like not as close. Like if you were even talking outs, like you can get hooked on outs or something like that, because like the, the numbers are higher. Like it's like 17, but then at the same time, it's like, if you take 18 and a half, the analysis is like, well, you have to come out for the seventh inning, you know? So it like, I think you can get hooked on an out, but like, you can't really get hooked on, on a strikeout because like you're saying, the line is just moving so much from one to the next. Yeah. So, and that's really where it came into play where I started doing the PPDs is that I would miss, obviously like, you're going to miss all your strikeouts props. If you're good, you should miss most of them by one or by 0.5, 1.5. If you yeah. find yourself constantly losing my three strikeouts, you were really doing something strange because that is impressive. Well, uh, I, mean, I think the thing is too, though, like with the strikeouts, like these pitchers generally are within a certain range. So, yeah. and like, I think that it's a lot more favorable generally to bet on unders especially on strikeout props because people want so to root go, for strikeouts so much, 
but it's also so much can go wrong. I mean, like it just yeah. happened the other day with um with what's his name the the White Sox guy. Uh, uh Kopich, yeah, he got Kopich, hurt. Yeah, and like we slammed that net. under. Yeah, yeah, but it's so, like not even that. It's just like little things where uh the guy in the uh Blue Jays, uh, you see Cuckridge or whatever. He uh yeah. Yeah, Cook, yeah, Cookeridge. Uh, he just had a game two weeks ago where I think my friend was saying, "I like your strikeout over. It's really low," and I was like, "I agree. It's really low." And I wasn't saying it was a bad bet, but he ended up blowing up. He went two outs. He got pulled before the, the inning was even over. So it's yeah. like that's the other thing is that you know I'll get trolled sometimes that like if I take like a PPD and the guy blows up, they're like, "Nice call. That he allowed seven runs." I'm like, you know what? That happens like that it does it, like and the like, pitching is such a mental game. So when I played baseball, I was a pitcher for a while, and you know, in when I was seven, uh, no, but like it's like no. So when I was playing baseball a little bit, like I didn't have, I don't have a luxurious, like I don't have a luxurious like baseball career, but it's so true where it's such a mental sport and you play all the time and it's 162 games or, you know, you're if you have 35 starts in a season, there's gonna be one or two times at minimum. You just don't have it. Like, and if you're yeah. not throwing the ball well, these are major league, major league players you're facing that if you're not throwing the ball well, they will make it known that you're not throwing the ball well. You're not going to, you know, you won't be able to dance around forever if you're not throwing your what you need to throw. And that just happens. And if there's times where, you know, I'd rather a guy allow nine runs in the first so I can go to bed rather than you keeping me up until 1 a.m. waiting for the final strikeout just for it to get blown out of proportions at the end. Yeah. Like there's only so much you can do sometimes. So uh, I think, I mean, I think that's a good point though. Like you get that, you get that slightly lower line and you know, if you're it, like, you figure if they're pitching well to get those strikeouts, you should be in a position to win the game as well. So I don't, I don't think there's a book that lets you combine like first five yet, but if you can do that and like an alternate strikeout line, like I can't wait for that. That's going to be a great fucking yeah. to take advantage of. Um and then, you know, I guess one of the thing, one of the other things that I want to talk to you about um, just briefly is, you know, like, obviously you're keeping your volume down. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, baseball's like starting to come up again. Like you're, we're going to start getting a little bit more reliable numbers. Do you think that that's something that you might change or do you like kind of like the smaller, like the lower volume, just because like you're saying like, well, this is my favorite play. Like, this is my best play. Like, do you get like FOMO when you don't bet these other picks that you kind of like? So, uh, yes and no. So I'll say yes and no, because last year I had a lot more volume when I started doing it. But then again, it was a new sport for me and I was killing it. So like, it's hard not to just nosedive into it. And what it basically comes out from the lower volume this year is a people struggling, but B I just feel like with we talk about how baseball is all stats and you really can't use last year's stats. So I think two, three months is like where I'll start, you know, after the MO, the NBA season ends where there'll be enough, you know, there'll be enough data that actually matters where you don't have to use last year's data in the, the first month of the season, really you're going off last year's data and yeah you, you have some guys that are scion candidates one year and then garbage the next like you know you, you know you, you just, just don't know yeah so like i think two months is enough of sample size where the you know the swinging strike rate the whiff rate like all these higher advanced numbers now have a sample size that is not 
you know, based off last year. It's based off hard, you know, you're talking like starting pitchers have 12 starts now. Uh, yeah. Batters have hundreds of at-bats. There's just so much more known at this point where I think it's more, I'd be more comfortable doing that. But in the other, like, adverse side of things, if the way I'm playing these player performance doubles, you have to find the right one where it's a good chance for, you know, you, you want positive trends for that team to win, you know, yeah. like the one I've been writing a lot is like the guardians are the like number two in the league when they're favorited, they usually kind of win or like the Astros yeah. road, Astros on the road, like blue Jays, whenever. Uh, so just like certain things like that, where you want to find that, but you also want to pair it with, you know, the pitcher you're looking at. So I think there's so much more factors that go into a PPD where there's certain t- nights where there's legit, like tonight, there's so many games. This is Tuesday night. There's so many games. The only one I have is Logan Webb four and a win. And it really came out that when I create my own lines and I create my own strikeout projections and I try to correlate and find out what fair odds are, I, I, I figured the fair odds for his prop was like minus 140. I got it minus 125. So yeah. That's a great value that I found there. There was not many other spots where I found I was getting that same level of value where I ended up just saying, you know what, one place, fine. I'll sprinkle like maybe a few plays here or like, you know, do like a quarter unit or do a dinger Tuesday promo. Yeah. Something like that. But like in terms of like the play performance double, I think it's a prop that you really have to single out the best, um, the best ones you can find. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, Dan, I'll take him out of here. Book him. All right, Brian. Well, thanks for that. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how these favorites do. It's always interesting betting on favorites just because you just never know if they're actually going to pull it off. I feel like baseball is one of those sports where anybody can win kind of on any given day. But I definitely like the angle, and I think the correlation, you know, thought process and analysis is really good. And I think it's important for people to understand plus the fact that there's just no hooks on strikeout props. So, you know, we're, we're just going to die on that hill here, but with that, uh, I've started to tell you about this. We will let producer Corey go first because I always ask producer Corey at this time of the pod producer Corey, how you doing? I still got a pulse bitch. Well, it's good to hear from you. The followers and the listeners. I I know. I don't know if they, they, I think they thought that you got whacked. Look, I live close to pizza land. I frequent the place. No one's touching me. All right. It's well, all that's good to know. Uh, you know that. And we damn well know that your barber is not touching you. So fuck. No, the guy has, he's MIA. He might be dead. <laughs> Wait, do you have a barber? I, my, I once thought my barber died. So that's funny. I, I used yeah. to go, I used to work, I used to work in center city and I would go to this like guy that worked at my gym and he was like he did he like cut boutique hair and he would charge like 120 a haircut he was like for me it would be like 30 bucks or 20 bucks and i just like go to his apartment and he'd be smoking and like having a drink just cutting my hair same and then, did you did you pay him in then, hand jobs like no I, I just gave him cash. <laughs> but what it's a suspiciously low price at, at, at like what happened was we were just like friends i guess like because we went to the same gym and then we got like two of the best haircuts of my entire life. And then I just never heard from him. Um, his account went delinquent and oh, no. he never, like he never played his, his dues and he never answered my texts again. 
and I legit thought he died. And like, he's always mentioned, like, oh, yeah, like, I've been to jail once. And I was like, dude, he got whacked. Like, it's that crazy. guy fled or is yeah, dead? Yeah, some shit happened yeah. there, Yeah, man. some shit happened, and I, like, <laughs> I've never had better haircuts than that guy. And it really was selfish of him to leave. One yeah. that got away, Great White Buffalo. It's yeah. rude. <laughs> like, but uh, on that note, besides – so, look, this is a segment. It's called Pods and Recs. And, Corey, do you have anything for us besides – you know, getting a reliable barber. Yeah. Uh, first off, great to be back. Not dead. Still here. Shout out to Costa Rica. Uh, beating New Zealand today. Qualified for the World Cup. See you bitches in Qatar. Um, Joel Campbell scored the only goal three minutes into the game. Kind of happy I didn't have to watch the whole thing. It would have been pretty boring and nerve-wracking. Um, I'm going to recommend for all Rangers fans to suck these balls. That's my recommendation this week. I told you fuckers when they were down or they were up 2-0 that they would not win that series. Joe passed on that message, and I made sure he did when I edited that fucking thing. (laughs) Did they win? No. They lose four in a row, and their asses are back in Manhattan crying about their expensive-ass rent, and I could not be happier. And that guy. What? And that guy that decked the Lightning fan. Yeah, whoa. uh, What's his name? Jimmy A. from Staten Island. Way to, like, just... Totally encapsulate what every Rangers fan is on the inside. Fuck yourself. Um, this is it's a also hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's also hilarious that like after you get booked, you have to show up in your arraignment and whatever the fuck you're wearing. And he still had the fucking red <laughs> shirt that made him stick on. out the night before and everybody identified his ass. Hilarious. Uh, also, Dog. don't sucker punch people. Another recommendation. Square up Dude, like a fucking man. There is a... There is something so elegant about just not changing, though. You know, I like that. Like, like not not the whole thing. That video was really scary. But there's something so elegant about committing a crime and then just being like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm going to wear this shirt. And casually then, walking towards the exit like he's going to blend like, right back I, in. Because like, it, it looked like he had a shirt under. I'm ditching that shirt. I'm throwing it out, and I'm walking out. Like, he was I'll, carrying a blue jersey in a sea of blue. It just kept walking in a red shirt. What a I, fucking I idiot. Ditching, I am ditching that and... It's a it's a loss, but you know what? I'll take my chances not being the guy in the red fucking shirt, like in a sea of blue. Yeah, even like the lightning's color are blue. Yeah, like, there was no like... hiding. There was no hiding. No, no, that was that was absolutely insane. Yeah, um, and another like, recommendation: yeah, if you're like gonna I... commit crimes, do better. Yeah, make yeah. it hard for do me. Do better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I actually once stole the pen from uh, my bank, so I'm still at large for that. It's like the one crime I, I can confidently say I got away with. Wow. Good All right, we won't, rec- we won't reveal your last name and yeah. and I feel like uh, the I'll make really footage there. gets out. It was it was actually more impressive than it sounds because it was chained to the desk because I had the desk in my room, Ooh. so the whole thing came with me. So yeah, oh. you, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I <laughs> the whole desk came with me. Well, that that's quite the task. I mean, I I don't know what to say. I mean, I guess the bank didn't really value that. I guess maybe they thought that you were going to work from home. Who knows? <laughs> didn't work for the bank, though, so it's a whole other thing. I yes. find it kind of crazy that banks, like, decide to nail down their pens with those chains. Like, TD got it right. They're like, here's a bucket of pens. We know you're taking these. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Just build like, it into the system. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's an advertisement. Like, actually, like you can't advertise with a fucking pen chained to a desk. Like besides your stories here, like you can't like walk around with that. They wear nice actually, pens. It's like a fucking bick. Yeah, <laughs> you I, I, chained I'm up to a doing, desk. 
I'm doing a scholarly publish where I'm going to do an article about the value of pens over the money in the uh, vault for uh, for American banks. The real Please value do. is outside the vault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's actually there's no value inside here at all besides the pens you're getting actually, actually negative interest can we, we should actually start a screenplay we should do a, we should do a screen right where we do you know like like an oceans 11 but they don't steal anything but the pens the value of the ink inside the pens is worth more than the cash inside the vault yeah i'd watch that movie I'd an island that. man yeah sounds good all right, All right, let's bye. talk about something where I, I let's talk about something not pen related. I get in trouble. Okay, yeah, yeah. So give me your let me just remember, uh, Rangers band fans suck my balls. That's my recommendation. All of you, you can line up, you can go all at once, whatever you want to do. We'll arrange it. Give you two weeks to figure it out. Suck it. All right, Brian. <laughs> what would you like to recommend to the listeners? Uh, so I, I actually did not think about this at all. So. What I will say is I will recommend a new movie because I just watched it on Sunday. Uh, have you watched Hustle? Yeah, it's, uh, it's fucking yeah. awesome. It's a good movie. I'm actually surprised by it because don't don't let Chris find me. I I am not the biggest Adam Sandler fan only because only because I feel like in every movie he's just like the same character sometimes. Like obviously I love Happy Gilmore. I love like I love like all the classic movies he's in. But when I saw him in that like serious more serious role. Uh, I, I wasn't sure what I was gonna get. I wasn't sure I was gonna get like uncut gems level Adam Sandler. But, it was uh, some something in that. It wasn't that, but it was still great. Yeah, it was good. No, it was a good. I thought it was a good performance by him. Uh, but when I worked in uh, Center City, they filmed that movie outside my work for like three weeks. So I was like, I gotta watch that. Turns out, I think it took three weeks to film like maybe six seconds of like the movie like it's it's so funny that there's a i'm not gonna give it away but there's a scene in that movie when they're outside the lowe's building i worked right across the street from the lowe's building in philly and they spent like a whole six hour day filming this one scene and it's like him getting out of the car and yeah. i was like holy shit. i was like that's what the, like like that took that long and it's like him getting out of the car and being like hey we're out of the car and like that was the whole scene totally and disenchanting it's like crazy to think the amount of level of work that goes in there. And then meanwhile, you have me where you're like, Hey, you want to do my podcast later? And I'm like, tonight, I guess I could put it like, I, I don't know. I got nothing to talk about. And I just hop on. And then you think about movies taking like six years to like perfect and come, come to life. But yeah, I thought it was really good. I was pleasantly surprised by that movie. Yeah. So we made it work. No hustle's great. I would definitely watch it. Um, my recommendation is really for the Boston Celtics. I think that they need to go get Bo Cruz. Uh, that's how they're going to come out of this three, two hole. He's the only and guy that can save them. He's the only guy that can save them. And additionally from that, I'm going to recommend the, uh, the target red card. Um, you can actually get the debit card. It doesn't take a hit on your credit. You get free shipping and you get 5% off of everything. It's kind of awesome. Uh, so, and also like you needed to buy Panini prism cards generally. So like, that's a me thing. Uh, so I recommend that. And then finally, I recommend grilling chicken thighs. They are just fantastic. Like just, well, you got like three things to recommend. Yeah, man. Like I'm I'm fucking firing. You can't stop recommending food. As soon as it hits like 60 degrees outside, Joe's nonstop food recommendations. And then, and then once it hits, and then once it hits 60 on the way back down, it's soup soup season. So, that's crazy i could have recommended so many things like walks on the beach in the rain that's <laughs> cool uh i like pina coladas sometimes but like not really but like in the theme of this joke i'll go with it um uh, just everything i like i like waffles 
Oh yeah, um, you did say that. I forgot to I do like you waffles. Um, I recommend talking to Joe as little as possible. Um, <laughs> Cut that out. I like I like Wednesdays. Wednesdays are cool. Uh, you know, I I got some things. Yeah, um, it's oh, it's like not a, bad. A a Granny Smith apple after a long hot day. Um, a Sierra Mist lemon lime soda. Would you recommend not falling on your face? I did fall on my face. Yeah, that, that <laughs> happened. I was, I was, we had a family, we had a family event on Sunday and we were, you know, it was at a bar, we were all drinking and me and my brother were playing cornhole and he pushed me and I fell and ate shit. And my, yeah, so, uh, I, so I Brian, my whole, my whole face open. Brian actually doesn't recommend family. Uh, it just only causes pain. <laughs> Go Aaron Rodgers style, cut them out. Uh, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. I'm one of six kids and, all of them are, you know, awful. Look, so. not all. Look, I, you know, I will say not all those kids can be winners. And at the same time, you know, it's been great having you on here, Brian. Uh, we've got a lot of recommendations, a laundry list of recommendations for the listeners. Don't need anything. Let me know. <laughs> Don't ask. He won't follow you. And then, uh, you know, so it's been it's been a great time having you on. We'll have to get you back on again. And I hope this is a good pod for everybody. So with that in mind, just know that if you're batting one for six, at least in the kid department, you're maybe doing okay because it might be plus money. So with that, uh, exactly. with that, it's, it's two for six. Two it's for me, six. And my, me and my brother Josh. All right. So three thirty three batting average. Let's cash that. <laughs> <laughs>